Tonight on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we have fantasy training camp extreme cuts. How are they going to affect your teams? The news on J.K. Dobbins, Cam Newton, and lightning round DFS. What else is it? It's time for Garbage Time. Welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football tonight. It's just me and Ryan. Uh, we have JJ doing something random, skipping out on us, and uh, Ron decided to take the week off, I think. How you doing tonight, Ryan? Good, good. How you doing? Glad to be back. Uh, had to take a little bit of a break there because Mother Nature decided to install an in-ground pool in my house. As we've been telling everyone on the show. <laughs> Did you get the kayak ready and for your basement at least? Yeah, I'm happy, you know, didn't have to go anywhere to to do it. But uh yeah, I'm just glad to be back. Got uh got my life sorted out a little bit here, so I'm ready uh ready to jump back into podcasting. Yeah, as stated guys, tonight on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we're going over the latest training camp cuts that are gonna affect fantasy football. My heartbreaking news on J.K. Dobbins, um, Brian's heartbreaking news on Cam Newton, and we're going to get into some DFS lineups. How do you feel about that, Ryan? Pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, we'll jump into the first thing here. Um, you know, we got the sh bombshell today of Cam Newton being released from the New England whoa, Patriots. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Before we do that, we have voicemails we got to do. You can't just jump right in the news. Ooh, and you got to let me do no. the segments too, right? What are you, you doing, sir? That. But I can interrupt right, you with this. Right. Is it hate mail or is it good? Let's find out. The Angry Christian segment is here. Hey, guys. It's your favorite Hackman fan here. Ron, you know how I know that you are the equivalent of a toilet when it comes to fantasy football hosts? <laughs> It's because I have to bring up Wentz before you even think about drafting him to your loser lineup. A true fantasy football host does his homework ahead of time before he airs, not during the show. Like Wentz getting COVID work, there, sir. Christian? JJ, I hope you've been feeding the hamster you have running on the wheel to power your Wi-Fi. At this point, the fans would win more money by guessing whether or not you make it to the show than by taking advice from you. Brian, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your kayak adventures in your house. But then I saw the New England Patriots release Cam Newton this morning for being Cam Newton. And I figured your life really sucks right about now. <laughs> I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> Is that all he had for us? I thought he was going to have a question. A slow day at the office. For, I guess for, so. Uh, so he, he did mention Carson Wentz there, so we can elaborate a little bit on that. Christian, we don't know if you actually did your homework there too because he's now on the COVID list and his team is getting decimated by injuries. They're making training camp cuts to a lot of their wide receivers. I don't know what kind of a season Wentz going to have there. Um, they're really going to have to rely I, on their no running part game. Of it. So I don't I don't know, Christian. That might not be your best call. You might have to come at me next week. 
Uh, yeah, but with that, Ryan, I think we can get into the news, right? Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. Use up, use updates. All right, Ryan. So, how are you feeling about uh, guess, Gus Edwards getting a prominent role in the uh, Ravens' offense there with the J.K. Yeah, Dobbins um, injury coming up? Well, I'm just happy I wasn't the unlucky individual in our lead that had him as a keeper this season. No, that would um, be me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and based on reports too, it seems like the Ravens are willing to roll with him. They have no interest in bringing back and bringing Todd Gurley, who visited in June, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. I mean, the carries are there. Uh, I, th I think Gus Edwards might be a, uh, you know, for those that drafted already, he might, if, if for some reason you drafted him, he might be a steal that could potentially be a top 20 running back. That's interesting that you note that because that's obviously the topic of tonight in, in our title. Um, what do you think this really does to Tyson Williams value and justice Hill on the team? Um, so I, I really like, uh, Tyson Williams value. It seemed like he's actually going to beat out Hill for that, for that, uh, number three spot on mm -hmm. the, on the depth chart prior to the injury to, to Dobbins. So I, I think, uh, Williams is going to be the number two guy. Yeah. That was interesting. Cause in our, uh, league of record, I saw that you picked up justice Hill initially, and then someone swooped in and got Williams when that report initially came out. Um, I think initially they believed in Justice Hill, which was according to the reports. He's very talented, but he just doesn't seem to fit their scheme, and they seem to be falling out of favor for him. Do you think there's any chance that they yeah. bring in someone like a Todd Gurley potentially? Well, yeah. So I think uh, I think Hill went into this offseason as being the – like he had secured the RB3 spot, but then – but then uh, I mean Hill went in – basically as the RB three, but then Williams just ha has been doing so well this off season uh, that he kind of took it. So I kind of regretted snagging that Hill pick because that, <laughs> that backfired, but yeah, that kind of um, seemed like a little bit of a waste and, but an interesting move and a good move, I think for keepers is that you took on Dobbins as a potential keeper that you could actually use next season. Should your team end up staying healthy? The problem with it is, is we only have one injury spot in our league and COVID's running rampant. So I don't know if you'll be able to keep him for the entire season, but if you did, that's going to be a potentially good keeper, regardless of the ACL injury, you can bring him in on the cheap. Yeah. I'm going to try like hell to keep him. Um, <laughs> utilize, utilize the waiver wire when necessary, because yeah, like you said, if I can go into next season with having him as a waiver pickup that, currently is worth zero dollars in our keeper league mm -hmm. um i mean i would have a solid R rb for pretty cheap so trying to plan long term there uh so let's hope it works out so let me ask you another thing too the coaching staff of the baltimore ravens came out right after this injury too and claimed that it was always a plan to play dobbins in that game and that there was absolutely no reason he should have been in that do you believe he should have been playing in that third preseason game? Because as soon as I saw that, I was instantly pissed off. I, I don't understand. Just because you want to go 20-0 and 0 in the preseason, which amounts to nothing in the long term, teams like Cleveland and the Lions in the past have gone completely undefeated in the preseason and then gone winless in the regular season. 
So ultimately, what does yeah. that bring up? Because you want to play Dobbins in the third preseason game? You shouldn't be playing any of your starters in the third preseason game. That is absolutely stupid. Now it's going to ruin no, it, guess. not just for your team. It's also going to ruin it for fantasy owners now, too, which I understand that they may not care about that, but it's still going to hurt your chances at the Super Bowl this year. So what were the hell were yeah. they thinking? I always, I've, I've always thought that's the dumbest stat when I saw them putting that out at the start of the preseason, like, oh, the Ravens have won this many preseason games in a row. It doesn't matter. No one cares. <laughs> it's. I've always thought that the preseason should be a time to do a look at your young guys, see who could potentially be, bump into a starter spot. Mm-hmm. If if you know if you have guys that you know is a guaranteed starter that you know is your guy, why the heck are you playing him that late into the preseason? <laughs> you know he's the starter. You know that. So you should have been playing Justice Hill. Yeah, there was, it's not like there was an there was a competition for who was going to be the the number one running back in that on that team. Uh, well, and the only thing it did was bring heartbreak to all fantasy football owners who drafted him early because we decided not to do it in September because we didn't have well, the time. Damn it! Well, and this is right after you saw Etienne go down mm-hmm. with an injury. So as as a coach, I would see that and think, oh, damn, I'm not yeah. going to make that mistake. I'm, I'm going to rest my guys. You and Gurley during training camp. So do you see a trend of young running backs going down? Let's try to avoid this every year. Yeah. Which, for, for the record, I don't think the Jags playing ETM was a bad idea because he's a rookie. They had to get a look at him. Mm-hmm. But when the Ravens saw that happen, you would think that they would say, okay, we're, we're resting our guy. We're not going to take that risk. Especially with the number of injuries that even occurred last year following no offseason camps and COVID and all that jazz. So, yeah, a poor decision by the Ravens, I think, uh, playing him. Uh, some people might disagree. I don't know. I don't care. But, uh, yeah, it's and, it, and it's going to suck for everybody except Gus Edwards. Right. All right, Ryan. So let's get on to some, a little bit of older news before we get into the training camp stuff and the major shit that happened today, which I think you're going to be eking to get into. Um, what do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick being named finally the starter for the Washington football team? I'm not surprised. I mean, I loved watching, uh, what's his name? Heineke. Uh, loved watching him play super fun guy to to watch play, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's not going to, he probably won't go out and win you a super bowl, but he's going to go out and sling it. And he's, he's going to be a good veteran for, for the guys behind him to learn from. Mm -hmm. I, I think it made sense to have him at least be the starter for the start of the season. Uh, so I wasn't super surprised, but I do think too, that it, uh, it, it makes me more confident for the receivers on that team. If Fitzpatrick's there with a with an unknown kind of guy, the, the receivers might not have as much production. I had a bold take earlier in the offseason where I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could end up in the top 12 of fantasy QBs this year and actually be that borderline QB1 starter. And I really believe he's going to do that. He's got the weapons in this offense. I think he's going to produce, and he's got the right coach to do it. Good running game, good wide receivers, and I, he's right on that cusp of doing it. He could be that late-round flyer that you're going to get a lot of value should you miss out on the early guys, or a great number two QB in a super flex league. Absolutely, and and I think that's a worth noting just for these uh, guys going into their drafts is early on you're going to see the the high-end quarterbacks taken early. You know, you're going to see Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, Dak. They're all going to come off early. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't get nervous. Because I would, I would take the value at the running back and wide receiver positions first. Yeah. Because yeah, on the back end, you're gonna have guys like Tannehill, Brady, Fitzpatrick, Stafford sitting there, 
that you can snag towards the end. And the point difference between those quarterbacks versus at some of the other positions, I just think you get more value waiting a little bit. On a smaller note, too, Minshew was traded for a six-round pick. Absolutely no fantasy value unless the starter goes down and they replace him. So on top of that, um, I think we also need to discuss uh, the 49ers backfield, too, something we saw in preseason a little bit last week and something interesting is this backfield between Sermon and Raheem Moster seems to be split. It looks like it's going to be a 50-50 split. Uh, Sermon's coming off a little bit of an injury, so Moster might initially be the better runner. But historically, Moster has not stayed healthy for an entire season. So I don't think that'll end up working out well for owners that draft Moster earlier than uh, his rookie counterpart there. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, you shouldn't be drafting Moster as your RB1 for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to get the value out of him that you're hoping for if you take him that early. No, I don't Uh, believe he's ever played in any more than nine games. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be banking on him being the guy. Um, so, and I think more and more you're getting the teams that are going to do this running back by committee approach just to keep their guys healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but and Sermon's a talented kid. I mean, he's he's good, man. And if he gets if he gets a high if if you know let's say Moster misses a week or two weeks, if Sermon comes out and kills it, they're going to mm-hmm. run with him. Yeah, Literally. I think he's really good. Yeah, no shit, dude. So, really, I think he's got the ability to be a flex running back right now. And I don't think you're going to have an issue pushing him into that running back running back two spot later into the season. I think he could have win, league-winning upside and good value for you, even as a rookie. And I think he's going to be a decent keeper later. Um, something else we can talk about here now, too, is Trey Lance is rumored to have an injury in his hand. And uh, his head coach is refusing to tell the reporters, which fingers actually hurt. So I don't know if that's really going to affect him going into the season. They said he might need a week off. Uh, so we'll have some interesting questions about that. What do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, I'm not taking uh Trey Lance. I don't know. I'm not crazy about him in general, just going to that team in the quarterback situation. They kind of seem like they don't have it fully figured out yet. Uh, so, I mean, I'm staying away from him pretty much and, in all areas. Yeah, well, I think you're incredibly wrong about that, and I think he's got some also league-winning upside in the second half. If you punt on QBs, which a lot of people are going to be doing this year because there's a limited pool of running backs that you can pick up that are going to be running back ones or twos for you. So I think it might be a very good strategy to take a late-round flyer on him. Uh, You may disagree with that, but I think you were completely wrong about that. So, right, so when we're talking late round flyers, then let's say you get in the late rounds, you have like mm-hmm. Lance Fitzpatrick, uh, Stafford, and I don't know, whoever you want for the fourth one hanging out. Who do you take? I can tell you right now, I would draft Lance because I would be taking a QB before then, probably in the seventh or eighth round. And I can let him marinate on the bench. And like I said, he's got the running ability that none of those fuckers do. So you're absolutely winning upset in this situation. I would if I'm going to be looking to take Lance, which I did actually in our league of record. Yeah, I absolutely would be looking to do that. So let's get to the news of the day, Ryan, which I'm going to absolutely give you the floor for. So what happened earlier? I sent you a little bit of a text message and it was probably a bit of a shocker for you when you saw it. I was shocked to see uh, the Patriots release Cam Newton. Uh, 
as everyone knows, signed him to a fourteen million dollar contract at the uh, during at the start of the off season. A lot of it was incentive based, but fourteen million nonetheless. Uh, so to see him release was surprising, but then also I'm sure everybody saw earlier in the week um, there was some frustration in the Patriots camp with Cam Newton missing out on the five days due to COVID issues, not vaccinated, etc. So he kind of opened the door to Matt Jones to come in and show what he's got with the starting, playing with the starters. Um, so I think some of that's on Cam for allowing that to happen, but I'm also seeing more and more too that coaches are coming out and saying they are keeping, uh, they're keeping in mind players' vaccination status when it comes to doing these cuts. And Bill Belichick once famously said, dependability is more important than ability. <laughs> he does not want to be in a situation, week five, week six, whenever, where Cam Newton, due to being unvaccinated, is COVID restricted and the Patriots are scrambling to get their TV in position. Belichick doesn't want that. He wants to know who he's having from week to week as much as, as much as he can in the NFL. Um, so I think that played a large factor, but Matt Jones also played really well in the off season. I mean, he, he did well. That take is interesting as hell because I, I was pointing out to you guys late last week that there was some reports coming out of new England from some reputable Reporters that Mac Jones could potentially end up with that job, but that really didn't come to fruition until today. I think we were all surprised. Um, but should Cam Newton come down with COVID, which it seems like anyone with a vaccine can now, um, he right. would probably be a close connection and be on five days of isolation, which would completely screw up that team's plan for the year. So you're right. Maybe exactly. he is vaccinated or stuff. I saw this hilarious meme earlier, too, of I believe it was an old State Farm commercial where it shows Cam Newton saying to a kid, you can be Superman someday. And oddly enough, <laughs> that kid kind of looks it like happened. Mac. Yeah, that kid oddly, oddly looks like Mac Jones. So that came to fruition. The future was told. And now Mac Jones is the starting quarterback of the Patriots. Ryan, what do you think that and does? Currently the, and currently the only quarterback on the Patriots as we released <laughs> Brian Hoyer. And uh, placed Jarrett Stidham on um, on reserved list. So currently, he's the only QB on our depth chart. I think we bring I think we bring Hoyer back. I think this is just playing games with money and things like that. Currently, oh, absolutely, um, because nobody else would be able to sign him. It's an extra roster spot you guys can play with. Exactly. Um, fantasy implications. I think honestly, Matt Jones being the starter helps literally everybody on the Patriots on a fantasy standpoint except cam think, newton except cam newton i think the biggest <laughs> beneficiary and i think a lot of people will agree is damian harris um last year damian harris tied with cam newton for carries with 137. Mm -hmm. also throw in the fact that sony michelle was traded that leaves like 280 something carries that need to be distributed out uh obviously Stevenson and Taylor are going to take some of those, but I think a majority of the work's going to go to Harris. Mm -hmm. And another interesting stat I read was, um, so Cam Newton accounted for 75% of New England's carries inside the five-yard line last year, mm -hmm. 75%. So I think there's going to be a ton of goal line work available. Uh, whether Harris gets all of that or gets most of it is waiting to be seen but there is going to be a ton of goal line work available for, uh, for the running bats there with Cam Newton gone. 
Ryan, is that going to elevate him to someone above like a James Robinson? I don't think it's going to put him above James Robinson with the ETN injury. I think James Robinson's stock has skyrocketed because of that. But I think this puts Harris in a, you know, if you're in a standard lead, I think he's a solid RB2. Mm-hmm. In a flutz lead, I'd put him as a solid bench spot for, for a bye week or even a flutz option. Um, Let me hedge your bets there, too. I think this move drastically increases James White's prospects, too. Not for fantasy football, 100%. but as a fantasy football sabotage in the red zone. You brought up the fact there's going to be a lot of touches in that red zone. I kind of got a feeling that James White is going to be the one getting them. I'm not sure how Stevenson fits into this offense. I Probably the change of pace back as a potential danger to take the job later on in the season. But I think James White is going to revert to his third down role, and he he catches out of the backfield. That's what they brought him here for, and that's what Mac Jones is going to do with him. And I would argue that I think in PPR leads, you could look at James White as being a possible weekly starter in your flex spots or – in your RB2 spots, I mean, Cam Newton made James White basically a non-factor last year mm-hmm. with his inability to get him the ball in those third-down conversions. Um, I would argue so that. I, I don't even think he's going to be a flex. I don't even think he's going to be worth much of a flex play except in deeper leagues. Um, we can see, think that, I, I think it's possible. Um, next, another obvious um, implication is I think it helps out all the receivers. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are just going to be waiver wire fodder, you know, people that you snag from week to week if, if necessary, except for Jacoby Myers. Um, I think Myers working in the slot, he has the potential to be the go-to guy for, for Matt Jones. So I would say Jacoby Myers, I, I would feel okay having him as a wide receiver four on my team, potentially mm-hmm. throwing throw in the flat spot. Um, if uh, if Jones ends up throwing him the ball a lot. Yeah, the really two big targets here, the ones you'd have to consider, like you said, are Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Early on in the offseason, people were predicting that Nelson Aguilar would be the big target play here, even for Cam Newton while he was there. Jacoby Myers has made it very clear he's the number one wide receiver here. And outside of getting targets to these tight ends, which have been injured all offseason – He's a solid play here and some that you can bring in late in your drafts and play as a wide receiver three or in a flex spot with potential wide receiver two upside. He's a number one target there, and Mac Jones is going to look to target him. Yep, and I would argue, uh, since you mentioned the tight ends, I my bold take will be, I think you're going to see, I think Johnny Smith is a possible top 10 tight end candidate. Um, oh, shit. Yep, I think I think you can see Johnny Smith sneak into the top 10 with uh, Matt Jones being their starter and even Hunter Henry, I think he could still be a tight end one. If, uh, if you're in a deep lead, um, so you're saying like Hunter 10 and 12 then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I could see it happening. Um, so I think with, with Cam Newton gone, I like, I like Johnny Smith at tight end with the possibility of being a top 10. It, it's nice that you think you're going to have Brady jr. Here throwing to the tight ends, like Aaron That's, Hernandez and Gronk back in the day. As soon as that photo came out of of Matt Jones shirtless, you compare that to that to that draft day photo of Tom Brady. I knew he was going to be the QB one. I mean, it's meant to be. <laughs> Bill's just looking back, and the the, the senile side <laughs> just coming out, and he just sees Tom Brady there. He's like, "Let's run it back, kid. We got this." Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so now that- that's. 
Good. Go ahead. Nope. Go. Are we done with the Patriots? Yeah. So I was going to bring up another another news that I heard. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Tariq Cohen. I got an alert that he is going to be out the first five games. You're damn uh, right he is. Uh, so obviously, I mean, I was pretty big on Montgomery anyway. Not not as big as JJ, but I was pretty big on him. But this made his fantasy value super high, especially those first five weeks. Mm-hmm. So an interesting thought on that too is uh, Montgomery's current ADP is going in the third round. JJ has been pushing that fire up to the second round, and he loves to take him in every single effing mock draft and every single draft we do with him. He's getting the majority of the workload. He's healthy this season, which we haven't seen in seasons past. He's got that ability to push the envelope with you, and he's going to push the needle for many people, I think, this offseason. So I absolutely love that, too. Um, And a little bit of more news, too. I think we can also talk about how Irv Smith is going to be disappointing for the Vikings this year now that he is seen to have an injury, and they seem to have an answer now to that injury. It was believed that Irv Smith could potentially miss up to six months if he has to get in if he has to get surgery, and now they've traded for Chris Herndon, which is obviously a unicorn sighting in Minnesota. I don't really think it's going to do anything much for them. And let me just say this: Joe Douglas is a fucking thief. He got a fourth round and a sixth round pick for him next year, which I thought they were going to be lucky to get a sixth round pick for him this year. So absolutely what great job by the. Absolutely great job by the GM doing that. But anyway, what were you saying? You guys sent over Sitz round and Herndon and got a fifth. With I mean, got a fourth. Oh, which, okay. Still take it. <laughs> which, and I remember when Herndon first came on scene, uh, he was supposed to be really good, but just wasn't able to stay healthy, wasn't producing. So it'll be interesting what he does over in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't – I think a lot of people too thought – Irv Smith may be kind of a sleeper this season, but that's obviously over. Sure as shit ain't now. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't want any part of Chris Hearn, but it's definitely an interesting uh, interesting development. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant in the tight end position. Do not take him as a late flyer. Keep him on the waiver wire. If he produces there, awesome. If not, which is probably the likely venue because there's a lot of receivers there. And let me mention another tight end that they don't hate there too. I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant. They took him as a flyer. He is a unicorn, but he's a unicorn you never effing see because he just doesn't reduce. Look for him to do nothing for fantasy football this season. And news is under the radar. Then my last – what's up? Uh, I was just going to bring up the news that came out today or yesterday. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to be out for the first six weeks, possibly out for five games. Uh, so obviously this mm-hmm. increases the fantasy value of some other receivers. I especially like Callaway now with uh, with Michael Thomas out. What do you think? Marquez Callaway is an absolutely phenomenal late-round flyer for you guys out there. Um, I'm going to actually mention him in our DFS lineups at the end of the show. He's a very cheap option. He's their clear number one. And you saw it during the preseason, which I know, I understand it's just preseason. But who the hell else do they have in the wide receiving core right now? Jameis Winston took the job, so the offense is going to be more traditional. And he has shown that he wants to throw to Marcus Callaway, who is obviously the most talented wide receiver they have there because Michael Thomas isn't there. He's got the opportunity. He's worth a late-round flyer. 
just take the chance on him. Absolutely. And I, like you said, I think he has the potential to be a guy that you can start every week. Um, and if you get a guy like that, that you can take in the late rounds, I mean, it's a steal. All right, Ryan, our last little bit of uh, camp news, I kind of think went under the radar too, except for JJ, who's been talking about it for a few weeks here. Left tackle uh, David Bakhtieri is out for the Packers until week seven. And they also lost Corey Lindsley this season to the San Diego Chargers, who is now a Pro Bowl center there. What is this going to do to Aaron Rodgers in that offense? I think I think it concerns me more for their for their rushing game. Um, I, in a couple of mod drafts I've done, you still see those guys being taken like round one, round two. Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, I, I'm still big on him. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm I, I don't love it. I really don't. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to do what Aaron Rodgers does. I, I don't think he's going to have the MVP season he had last year, like I mentioned in my rankings. Um, but it's definitely going to be a different offense this year. And I don't I don't know if I love Aaron Jones. I think it hurts Aaron Jones more than it hurts Aaron Rodgers. Let me make this clear. And I, I think this is being understated. If they were worried about Corey Lindsley not having a replacement there, they would have kept him, especially if they wanted to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. I understand Bakhtiari is out, but I think they have contingency plans there. I still believe in Aaron Jones in this running game too. I think the offense will be fine. I think they will adjust, and they're going to be a fantastic team. So I'm still very comfortable taking him in that five to seven range, which I know JJ is going to absolutely be fuming listening to this. I still think he's going to be better than someone such as the Colts running back over there, which we have a little bit of a bet on. Jonathan Taylor. Yes, sir. All right. So, I mean, where are you ranking? Where are you ranking Aaron Jones, even with these uh, injuries on the offensive line? Probably with seven because I th- I like the potential of him actually getting that passing work. Um, there is a host of guys that I got above him. Uh, obviously, with Dobbins out, that's going to move him up too, which I was very high on Dobbins. And, of course, Baltimore had to fucking play him. <laughs> Thanks for that. So, um, yeah, another great running back goes down and another guy moves up in the rankings. So, congratulations. And, I, and it's definitely an interesting point you brought up at the, at the start of the show especially for people in keeper leads, running mm-hmm. bats are going to be tough to come by in these drafts. You know, those, those top guys, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be slim pitchings there. So you're going to have to get the top guys early, I think. Mm-hmm. And the same lesson we learn every single year and all fantasy owners should learn, do your drafts in September after training camp, yes. which I think we'll be looking to do next year because I am sick of these damn injuries I want to see my team go out there at least week one before they go down in week one, not have to worry about this shit, and then have to shuffle. I think I was able to shuffle off that injury pretty well. So let me throw a little bit of a flyer out there for people who are trying to recover from the J.K. Dobbins injury. Take a look at Ty Johnson. I really think he's going to be the number one running back for the New York Jets. He is shown to be there. I also picked up Tevin Coleman to hedge my bets on that, though, too, who might be good for three or four weeks. I don't think their rookie is going to be starting there, and Ty Johnson looks like the best runner there. Um, so maybe hedge your bets with that if you don't have any alternatives. Absolutely. Not not bad take at all. All right, Ryan, do you have any other thoughts before we get on to our next segment? Um, 
No, I think uh, I think we covered it. I think we're uh, we're pretty good. We're ready to. Is, what's up, nuts? DFS? Oh no, uh, we're not a DFS. This is a little bit of a mystery segment. I didn't even know you, that you do not even know that we're getting into. So let's drop Ooh, that. I'm excited. Let the drama begin because I've got some rookie quarterback questions for you, sir. Oh boy! In All fantasy right, relevance, now that we have now that we have so many of them starting this offseason. <laughs> so I figured you'd be happy to talk about Mac Jones a little bit, and we're going Absolutely. to a game in week two where Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are going to be playing each other, minus an injury in week one, which knock on wood, neither one of us get. So Ryan, for rookie quarterback predictions. Who's going to have more of a fantasy relevant season this year, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? Ooh. I think from a fantasy standpoint, not who's going to win more games, fantasy mm-hmm. standpoint, <laughs> I, I could see how Zach Wilson could have more uh, fantasy relevance. I don't think the Jets defense is as good as the Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Patriots have a little bit better of a run game. And I think we'll I, have a debate for that, but okay. And so, and, and Bill, and, and Bill, I think is going to be more balanced with, um, with Matt Jones. So I think Zach Wilson will finish a little bit ahead as far as fantasy points goes. All right. So I left an open invitation to our host, Ron Seymour, that I would trade Mac, Will, Mac Jones for Zach Wilson. And let me explain why. I think you got about a coin flip here. One, the New England offense is a machine that's been around now for 20 fucking years. And Mac Jones is tempered for it. There's a great offensive line there. But Zach Wilson has shown exceptional talent. Um, the ability to position himself on the field, his pocket presence, his awareness, reading off receivers. He's five deep at the position. And he's got an underrated offensive line and a scheme that's going to allow them to run the ball. While I think New England's running game is potentially stronger, per se, I think the scheme might actually allow the Jets to have a more efficient running game than the Patriots. I do think you're going to win more games because your defense is exceptionally a lot better. But I think Zach Wilson is going to be a lot more fantasy relevant for the reason that our defense is going to not going to stop a nosebleed this year. That secondary is young and needs to marinate. Exactly. So I think Zach Wilson is going to be more fantasy relevant. Not to say Mac Jones might not be in the second half of the season, but they're going to rely on that running game, which is going to make those running backs very fantasy relevant early in the season. I think the thing that surprised me the most this, this preseason, though, is I, I didn't get to see a ton from Mac Wilson. I mean, Mac he, Wilson? <laughs> I mean, All of a sudden, you're fusing those two together, yeah. huh? Yeah, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, I think he had 20 attempts this preseason, threw for 190 yards. Um, definitely got to see a lot more from Matt Jones, um, mm-hmm. mainly because of Newton being out. But, yeah, I, I think the big thing is going to be the fact that your defense is so bad. <laughs> Matt, Thanks. Zach Wilson's going. Zach Wilson's going to have to get out. You guys are going to be behind in games. Mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get out there and throw the ball. But let me say this. Not because of the front seven. It'll be because of the secondary. So don't give us too much shit. The front seven is fine. Our <laughs> linebackers are a little thin, and our secondary is young. 
So I don't want to hear that bullshit from you, but I'm happy we're playing a rookie quarterback in week two. So we have a little bit of a chance. Anyway, on to the next rookie quarterback fantasy prediction. Do you believe Trevor Lawrence is going to finish in the top 15 of quarterbacks for week one? Ooh, for week one. Who's he play week one? I'm not giving you that information. If you'd like that information, look it up now. I'm going to. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence looked good, man. He... Now you're making me look up who they're playing. I'll give you a hint. It's a divisional opponent. Against the Tutsons? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes. I, I'm going to say yes. I think so. He looked really good this preseason. Um, he's got James Robinson, who he can throw to a lot. Um, Marvin Jones? And, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud, man. So, yeah, I'll say yes. Got Chenault there. He's got a few weapons he can throw to, so it's not completely bare cupboards there. I completely agree with you. I think he'll be right on that cusp of 15. Um, so QB number two, I wouldn't start him, but, you know, let him sit on the roster a little bit, take someone a little bit earlier, a veteran, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, might I say. Not well, the worst idea in the I world. Do, I do like Chenault as far as uh, late-round flyers, too. I have him on on at least one of my family fantasy teams. Uh, I think he'd be the wide receiver one there. Mm -hmm. All right, then. So. On to our next question, then, if that's all you've got for Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Do you think Trey Lance is going to start over Jimmy Garoppolo week one, even with the mysterious hand injury? Oof. I think, I think Jimmy G starts week one. Okay, do you think they're going to have packages for Trey Lance in week one? No. No? So he's just going to sit on the bench, I, be absolutely useless week one, fuck him, just leave him there? Yep. Yep, <laughs> I think it's all Jimmy G. I think you were dead wrong with this, and I think this is another misdirection because you don't need to do you don't need to do shit before the season starts with injuries. Notice they're being very unalluding to it. There's still a week and a half before the season starts, and that game is on Sunday. If that hand magically heals, I think you're going to see Trey Lance starting week one. I think they love what they're going to see there. I don't think they're going to want any drama. I really believe he's going to start in week one. And then he's not going to give the job back, and he's going to be very fantasy relevant this year. Call that my bold take, but he's going to be fantastic this year with that running ability right. and the Kyle Shanahan offense. And on to our last little bit of questioning. Is the game that Justin Fields – will start for the Bears be against the Lions in week three? Oh, it's hard because Nagy is so freaking. <laughs> Steadfast that Andy Dalton's going to play for them. That locker room seems pissed off about it too. Yeah, and I just think – I don't know if they're scared to get – to get Justin Fields back there and have him just get sacked 80 times in a season <laughs> and don't want to see that happen. Um, Wouldn't you be more scared of getting fired, though? I I don't think so. I mean, you you would think, but they haven't fired him yet. Um, by week three against the Lions, who, who are their first two games against? 
Well, the first one, I believe, is against the Rams. So Danny Dalton is the sacrificial lamb for that game. And I believe week two is the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Would you like to confirm for me? I'm afraid if I click off the screen, I'm going to mess up this this record. Bengals. In Detroit? The Lions are week four. Um, Ooh, okay. So that's an extra week for him to sit there then. Um, I'm going to say, I think Andy Dalton's still starting. No fucking way. That's, You're that's so my wrong take. about I think that. Andy Dalton still starts. Oh, JJ I don't would know, man. I think lose his mind if 90, he's not starting by then. Nighty's <laughs> listen, I can't underestimate Nighty's inability to make the right choice. And well, so what did Adam Gase just come over there and possess him and just decide he's going to decide to make every wrong move in the book? Yes. I don't think Nagy's that yes. bad. <laughs> yes. So I say week four, when they're rolling in to face the Lions, you're going to have Andy Dalton there behind center. Even at 0-3? Even at 0-3. Even with an incredibly upset Bears fan base <laughs> and his job on the line. He's going to put it all on Andy Dalton and start in week four. Who will not be fantasy relevant if he's still starting week four. If Justin Fields is starting before then or at that time, he's going to be fantasy relevant. Same as Trey right. Lance. He's got the running ability. This could be a great year for rookie quarterbacks should they all start early, which it's looking very likely that three or four of them will be. All right, now on to our last segment of the night, Ryan. Are you ready for some DFS lineups? I'm always ready for DFS. Let's do it. Wrong one. Let's click the correct one. Yeah, that actually looked like the correct one. So for tonight, we are also going to be doing two early DFS lineups. We have done two weeks of it so far, and we give this to you guys so you can evaluate your DraftKings lineups, which is a $50,000 salary, and adjust them as you see fit up until week one. So with this, I'm going to give mine, and then Ryan can finish off with his. How does that sound? Sounds good, man. Let's see what you got. All right, so for this week's DFS lineup, I'm starting off with Kyler Murray because I think he's got a lot of running ability. He is the top fantasy QB the first half of the season last year, and he was looking to absolutely break out last year. He almost broke records. If he would have stayed healthy, he obviously did not. So I think he's a good option to 7,600. Next, I have Chris Carson who is only 5,700. Seattle said they want to run the ball a lot more, and they're going to make a point of that in week one, I think. So I've got Chris Carson here in that spot. And because Kyler Murray was a little bit more expensive too, I've got to take a chance on stuff. So I'm doing it with my boy Trey Sermon at 4,500 next. Um, He's a rookie, but they're going up against Detroit's defense, which I think they're going to be able to beat the hell out of. Um, I think there could be a lot of ability for both those running backs back there. So Trey Sermon to 4,500 to keep this a little bit cheaper on the end and stay in budget. Next, I'm going a little bit more expensive with the number one wide receiver that you should play every week in your DFS if it's possible, but it won't be. Devontae Adams at 8,300. Like I said, he's the best wide receiver in the league, and there's bar bar none, anyone even close to him. I don't care what your arguments are. He's going to finish this year as a wide receiver number one. Next, I've got Russell Gage. 
uh, for the simple reason that he was targeted in Atlanta quite a bit in the second half of the season, and he was a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy football over the last six weeks, which a lot of people do not know. He's a decent flyer, and I'm coming around to him. I was a little bit off on him earlier in the season, but in fantasy football, we always reevaluate our opinions when we get data. He has shown through that data that he is reliable in that offense, and I think a good play for week one. Next, I've got George Kittle coming off an injury. Um, bad defense here. Like I said, with the Lions, he just needs to stay healthy. So he is obviously the tight end two here in this spot for this week, especially going up against that defense. So George Kittle is 6,300. Next, Marquez Callaway as a number one wide receiver for the Saints. He's shown that he's going to be a boss in that offense, I think, while all their other targets are injured and hurt. So, And he is a great value at 3,400. So Marquez Callaway at 3,400. And Ryan, I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots defense at 3,900. I mean, you're getting five starters back. They played absolutely phenomenal against Miami last year. So that's what we're going to do. Miami's defense, I mean, the Pat Patriots defense at 3,900 and drop the mic. And hopefully, and hopefully no Miami miracle at the end of the game to completely <laughs> That ruin. was in the second half of the season. You guys won week one, so look for that to happen again. I All like right. it. I like it. What are you so, thoughts? Yeah, I um, I like it. I I like some of the value pits that you made there. Um, Trey Sermon for that cheap, I think is awesome. Um, Devontae Adams, obviously a super expensive pick, but you know he's going to be in that top tier of wide receivers every single week. So if you mm -hmm. can if you can find value elsewhere and afford to play him, then heck yeah, definitely do it. Um. Marquise Callaway, I love that pick at 3,400, especially with that injury to uh, Michael Thomas. I actually have him in my lineup as well. Mm -hmm. um, and Kyler Murray, you can't go wrong there. So, no, good. good uh, he's looking good to be pick. a top three quarterback, I think, of this year. Um, I believe Justin Herbert is actually going to be the MVP. Shocking as it is, it is the second you hear me, but I mean, for fantasy football, man, he's going to be the MVP. And that's why I spent so much damn money on our auction league on him. So I like it. Yeah, so thanks for the feedback there. Now, give me your lineup. What you got for us? Yeah, so my lineup I got, and you actually mentioned at the start of this, well, not the start, but during this episode, if you'd be a top 15 quarterback. So I went Trevor Lawrence at Houston. Uh, not a good defense. He's at 6,200, so gives me some value there. Mm -hmm. uh, I also stat him with James Robinson. Uh, officially the number one running back on that team with the recent injury to ETN. Yeah. Uh, Houston defense, also bad against the run, not shockingly. Mm -hmm. um, at 6,400, and then I went Alvin Kamara at 8,600. He's going to be a, a great starter any week. Um, Nuts and wide receivers, I took Corey Davis at 4,900 on the Love Jets. that pick. Yep. Uh, I think he's... I think he's going to be a, a, a solid weekly starter. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully his value stays at how good it is. <laughs> Next up, I got T. Higgins, who I'm pretty high on, actually, in general. Uh, Joe Burrow is coming back. You got T. Higgins there. Solid rookie campaign, even with Joe Burrow going down um, at 4,700. I really think that he could have an explosive season this year. Uh, as I mentioned, Marquise Callaway. Also got him with that injury to Michael Thomas. He's the wide receiver one. Um, I don't think you're going to see him as low as 3,400. Again, 
for the rest of the season. No, week one, and that's so, probably it. So jump on that now. In my tight end spot, uh, preseason, I haven't seen much that makes me super confident, but I'm going Kyle Pitts again. Uh, I also did that for our last DFS at 4,400. <laughs> um, Might not be that cheap those, ever again. Exactly. And those, and those top tight end guys are expensive. I mean, Kelsey's at like 8,300, I think. What was Kittle at? 63. So it's still quite okay. a drop off. Kelsey is by far the number one for DraftKings in week one. Yeah. So if you can get a guy that could potentially put up that top tight end number or top three tight end number at 4,400, mm -hmm. jump all over it. In my flat spot, I realized I had some money sitting over, so I went Tyreek Hill against that Cleveland defense. Whew, double tight good. end. No, Tyreek Hill. Oh, Tyreek Hill. I thought you said Travis Kelsey. I'm like, how the hell did you afford that with that lineup? No. Almost. Tyreek Hill. I almost could. <laughs> I almost could. Uh, so Tyreek Hill at 8,200. Um, with that offense, those guys will always be studs. And then for my defense, I rounded it out with that powerful front seven actually going up against the Chargers in Washington. Um, all right, so let me give some kudos and some critiques to your team. I absolutely hate I don't that want Washington. Any of I, hate, I hate that Washington pick. I think Herbert is going to absolutely roast them. I understand they're a great defense, but it's going to be other weeks where you're going to want them. Uh, Tyreek Hill going up against Cleveland. There are some excellent corners there. I think you could get some better values there. Absolutely love the Alvin Kamara pick. He is the formula that's going to make that offense move. He's going to get the targets. They're going to run the ball out with him. And that Corey Davis pick there is fire. So obviously when you're playing DFS, you're not going to get to pick every player you absolutely love. Ryan may love every pick he's got there. I don't love every pick he's got there, but he's got some pretty damn good ones there that might win him some money. So good you line. Convinced me to pivot. You, you, you convinced me to pivot. Um, I switched my Washington defense to a cheaper <laughs> to a cheaper option that I think will actually do better. I'm going to go with the Chargers against Washington. There you go. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw some picks in the first week, and he won't make the top that, 12 of fantasy quarterbacks this year. Well, that's the thing with him. You never know. It's boom or bust, so hopefully this is a bust week. Um, so those are my pits. Ryan, I like that. All right, guys, we've reached the end of the show. We did it without the damn host. Who needs him anyway? Anyway, Garbage Time Fantasy Football, you can find us at www.garbagetimeff.com where you can leave us some damn voicemails. You can insult us like Christian does every week. You know, he's just building us character. He's building our character. What else do you want from him? You can find us at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Ryan's got an MMA show called Garbage Time Presents, the MMA podcast. Give that shit a listen. He's actually won me some money in the past. Guys, like us, download us, and subscribe wherever you find us. And leave a damn comment because we'll answer that too. And if you're shy as shit, leave it on Instagram and we'll answer the questions there too. Ryan, you got anything before we get out of here? No, that's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, heckling fandom, good night. See you next time. Thank you.